Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Perfect. Hello, everybody. We're live. We made it. So sorry for the delay. Anyone watching live today um, just got stuck in some traffic uh, on the way home from home from Cleveland. Uh, but I made it. It was well worth the uh, lot of extra travel. But it was a lot. Of, it was a. It was a. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. How, what, how did you guys? I mean, Disc and I was with you last night. But Eric, what did you think of the show last night? I I thought it was incredible. Um, you know, throughout throughout the night, I kept sort of comparing it in one way or the other to the 2022 Cleveland show and even the 2020 sort of single set Cleveland show, both of which were in March at the Agora. Um, very different than last year's show, but I mean, I, I loved it. Obviously there's plenty of playing to say, but the first set in particular was full of highlights and I, 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 it was, it was blowing me away. It was a great show. And, you know, I've been so eager to see them, especially after the Capron and, uh, especially after last fall tour, it was really, really good to see them. Awesome. This one, what about you? When was the last time you saw Goose? <laughs> Before last night? Yeah. Um, was New Year's in Cincy. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, You're so a show Ohio guy. I am a show Ohio guy. Show Ohio for the win. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, Eric, I was at, I was at last year's Cleveland show too. So definitely so came in with a, Ton of expectations, you know, following say, that show. I think I, I said this to you last night, but I think the Agora is a much better venue when it's not sold out. Uh, last year was not, and, and you know, last night was very cramped. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. I was down in the pit for the first set, and then I moved around in the second set. But it was it was tight up there for sure. Just trying to hold a drink even was uh, was tough, but it was good. Well, it was great. And let's let's talk about this opening all I need, um, because, wow, what what a way to open the show. Um, you know, th- this is again, this is that 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 patient jamming that they've been doing this tour so far. Um, and they they got right into it. You know, this first jam, they hit that minor key. And this was I, I tweeted uh, last night. This was the most swagger 
I've seen from Rick since the Goosemas pancakes. Uh, he was just out oh, there, like, hitting chair. the wah pedal, just ripping all over the place. But, yeah, so, the, Diskin, thought, what, what were you? The first part yeah. of this, at least. Yeah, so going into the show, you know, we were, I, I think we were all anticipating there to be another, you know, 30-minute type jam, you know, uh, specifically following the last couple shows, um, The Born, and then The Echo before that. Um, and you could just tell. You can tell right away as soon as they're about to, like, launch into it. Um, I like Peter even does this thing where like, he'll, he'll sit down at the keys. He like moves his mic away yeah. and he's like, I am ready. And I am, and it's just, it's, it's chill. It's relaxed. And, and you know, uh, you're on your way to, to something special. And I mean, ugh, it was absolutely incredible. I'm sure we're going to dive into it a whole bunch, but that second half of the jam was just picture perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought so too. I mean, to your guys' point, when when the jam when the first jam segment really started, those were those were the words coming to mind. You know, things like patience, and I kept thinking of the word like authority too. Like these, it's been fun watching this band over the last couple of years, as as we can all attest. And as this jam started, and as a lot of other recent jams have started, there's just this authority on stage, and this I mean, swagger is the right word. Um, they're getting into a headspace, and you can tell they're allowing themselves to listen to each other a lot more as time goes on too. And I think yeah. that's where that second jam started to emerge uh, is, is a great example of that. And yeah, I mean, like you guys were saying, the second half of this jam is I mean, amazing. I couldn't believe it. I, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was well, just pleased as punch. <laughs> what was so cool from where we were on the balcony, you know, one thing I love about the Agora is the sight line from the balcony, mm -hmm. how you feel like, you're not directly on top of the band, but you can see perfectly everything that they're doing and you can see the front of the crowd. Uh, so you, you kind of get it all with the lights you can see from up there perfectly well. So it was great. Um, but what was so cool is, you know, you can tell like, you know, they, they go back into that regular all I need solo. And then it, it feels like, you know, they're building back into the final chorus. And there's like, wow, like that was a great, you know, first jam. Uh, we were talking to uh, our friend, Jeff, uh, Captain Incredible. Um, who, you know, we were like, I, this feels like it was short enough that like, maybe they're going to go for the second jam on this. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it could happen here. And then, you know, as they're building in, Rick just kind of like looks at Peter and Ben and instead of cueing the ending, just like shakes his head and then just keeps going. And we are like, okay, like, you know, we're doing, there's more improv. And so again, they've been doing this thing where like, I felt like at the cap, the, the first night of the cap run, they focused on dark jamming in the first set and light jamming in the second set. So in this jam, it was, you had that darker first jam in the minor mm -hmm. key. And then the second jam was just major key, pretty beautiful, nice honeybee tease from Peter. A little, a little foreshadowing happened, um, but it was great. It was one of those jams that, that sounds almost composed in the moment. Um, and it was almost, uh, the, the word that kept coming to mind for me was like symphonic. Even as I was like dancing, I was kind of like directing the band like this. Like it was just for like six minutes. I mean, it, it, every note that Rick was playing was perfect. All of his fills were spot on. It had that slow build and it just, it sounded like one of those unique pre-composed pieces of music um that that's just so hard to capture um in an improvisational you know setting um mm -hmm. it was it was fantastic is it, i i i have an affinity for like the first set or the first song um of, of a show that just launches and it's it's almost as if like um at the end of it 
it would have been enough Dainu, you know, like if they had just played (laughs) all I need, I could have, you know, got back into my car. I could have left the show. I could have drove home and it would have been worth, you know, the, the, the three hour drive down for it. Um, It was just, it was incredible. Everything after that, that, that all I need was, was gravy on top. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought the exact same thing, like get your money, got your money's worth right then and there. And it was, it was incredible because the, sort of that, that major key build was, again, we've already said it a couple of times, but very patient. Rick was leading this. And there was like a 60-second stretch where it's starting to build heavier and heavier. And he was almost doing like a, a series of like power chords, basically. It was, it was pretty straightforward stuff, but he was doing it and then sliding back into some, some lead work and some mm-hmm. little soloing over everything. That little section there, I'm, I'm desperate to re-listen to because it was... You know, I mean, we had come out of that little spacey section. Now we're moving into building this energy back up, and it was just so intense. It was, yeah, it was just so well done. Uh, yeah, and I, I love what they've been doing with these huge jams lately. You know, that's now that's now two Cleveland shows in a row that have opened with a twenty-plus minute jam. So, yeah, I, I'm very happy with this. All I need. Uh, it was absolutely incredible. Definitely up there on the playlist. You know, I'm not I'm not going to vickers it and immediately proclaim it jam of the year. Um, but it's it's up there. It's, Contender, it's good. Yeah. I'm excited for these boards to drop uh, from the whole weekend, and you know, be able to revisit everything, um, figure out where things are going to wind up. But so anyway, so from the all I need, they move into the whales. Um, this song has really grown on me. Um, you know, the more I've seen it live, even um, nice secret agent man started off. Uh, little little tease thrown in there. There were, I don't think like I mean, there were so many footnotes. Uh, on the set list last night, uh, I was wondering if I was going to have to shrink the font size on like the elgoose.net graphic <laughs> that I posted this morning. Like, I, I didn't know if it was all going to fit. It all fit, but barely. Uh, it's a very full footnote section. Um, but yeah, so Secret Agent Man tease uh, to start off the whales, but the whales was great. And then Caution, um, great cover. Uh, my first time seeing it live. First time they played it since October. So good to see pop up again. What did you guys think of these two songs? Yeah, Wales, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it had a little extra mustard. Um, I was actually going out after all I need. I was, I was in the line for another beer, and I was, uh, it was one of those songs where I, I could hear the jam uh, clearly. And, and with that little extra mustard, I was kind of like dancing, you know, while I was waiting there. And yeah, of course. Care, whatever. If fantastic. you're in the beer line during the show and you're not dancing, like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then my, my thoughts on caution, and I, I think I might've even said this to you, like Ryan yesterday, is just that whenever they're playing like reggae tunes and reggae covers, you could just tell that I, it's like Rick and Ben in particular too, are almost these like reggae savants. They're just so great, um, at, you know, keeping and maintaining that pocket, getting the feel and, and I, I love caution too. It's a, it's a fantastic, um, cover. So it's great. Yeah, that was that was a cool surprise. One thing that, that really stood out to me in Caution and in a couple points later in the, the second set was like Rick's arpeggio work. I mean, there were a couple of real nice just, you know, arpeggio flares in that cover. Yeah. And it was super fun. I mean, the whales, um, you know, certainly not in my top five favorite songs necessarily. But what I liked is that it was a sort of a cool off landing pad from that first jam. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that like, at the end of pretty much every, pretty much every song, and certainly every every big jam in the show, there was a guy behind me um, when I was up front in the pit. He was maybe 50, 55 years old or so, 
and he kept yelling out, holy mackerel. <laughs> and he was just <laughs> having the time of his life. And so, so coming off of that, all I need, um, the whales did, it, it fit real nice in, in the two spot. I guess I'll, I'll put it that way. And, you know, I always love the Peter songs. They're great. Um, but yeah, caution was, was real fun, real unexpected. I thought just a great mm-hmm. tune. Yeah. Great. Uh, and then I think, you know, one of the best segments of the show here. Um, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'm going to look before I, before I completely butcher it. Um, what Jeff Captain Incredible dubbed it because I really liked uh, what he called it. The Cleveland Califecta. Um, okay. <laughs> the Cleveland Califecta that we got last night. Um, you know, Jive 1, Cali Magic, Jive 2, Jive Lee. Um, yeah. <laughs> this yep. was awesome. You know, for, the first time I'd seen a full performance of uh, the Triptych uh, or Jive Fecta or whatever you want to call it, all three together. First Jive Lee in 16 shows, which is a long gap for that one. Um, man, it was it was amazing. Uh, and oh, and the sixth time they have performed all three in the same show ever. I was going to ask you. It was a, yeah. it was a hard stat to try I to find. So I appreciate your. I only knew four off the top of my head. Thank you yeah. to uh, Dean, aka Goose Trivia, on Twitter for um, nice. doing the deep uh, website diving to find the other two from early 2019. Um, but the Cleveland Califecta, it's a thing. We're calling it that. Thank you, Jeff, for the name. Uh, but man, I there was there was a cool moment in Jive One uh, during Rick's solo where you know they have those jazzy interludes built into the song. This is the first time I've heard them kind of do jazz for a little bit in like during one of the solos, and th- that was really cool. Uh, um, you know, Spuds and Peter got into that vibe. I'm glad you called that out because some of the pre-show music was sort of like traditional, like jazz. So did that as, while, yeah. as soon as they like got into jive and started jive one and we're, and we're doing that, I was, mm-hmm. I was remarking and thinking well, back to actually pre-show music. Now that you mentioned the pre-show music, if anyone is curious what playlists uh, they're using, they are on Spotify. Um, oh, I will awesome. tweet, I'll, I'll tweet links to them uh, from the AAT account after the broadcast today. Uh, if anyone is interested in checking out, Goose's pre-show and separate music playlists. Uh, but anyway, sorry, Eric, uh, the Jive One. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was interesting because, um, you know, I like the, the Jives in general really weren't on my radar. I had a little list of songs I was hoping to catch last night. And mm-hmm. um, I do love Jive 2. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, but Jive One, I mean, these are just s- such fun songs. Some of the, the first ones that I really got into that got me into the band, um, especially one and two. But I'm glad you guys, yeah, like you said, you mentioned the little sort of jazzy interludes there. And what I was thinking in the moment was just briefly how cool it was to contrast that against Caution. You know, you're coming off this really yeah. cool reggae song that they they did really well. And then they're sort of moving into this whole other uh, kind of frame of mind. And it, and it worked really well. And it, and it tees up this whole last segment of the mm-hmm. set, which, um, you know, I mean... It, I already thought I got my money's worth with the all I need, like we were saying. <laughs> and then this it, was, yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, this really, like looking back on it when all was said and done, this little segment here, uh, the Cleveland Cali Fecta, it was my favorite part of the show. I mean, it was unbelievable. And, and especially, um, I just thought Peter on the keys, on the clubs, really was mm-hmm. shining. I mean, he was, he was. Clav he was, tweet, baby. Yeah. I mean, Clav out of control. Tweet. It was, yeah. it was there. It was awesome. Jive 2 just continues to kill. I forget what what song um, was it where they did the on bass tonight Trevor bass. I couldn't remember when in the show that happened. I think it was in the first set, right? 
It was. Um, I was my, my brain was. I, I'm honestly surprised I had as much energy as I did last night. <laughs> um, my brain was not functional by the end. Um, yeah, they uh, they called it out. Whoever was doing the Reddit thread did call that out, um, and it was it was somewhere around here. Yeah, but anyway, so the, yeah. this drive two was amazing uh, as always. Um, it was yeah, I, and and the Lee, you know, really got out there. Uh, there was some we we had the group chat was very excited about the the feel it now teases that they they kind of got into in the in the in the Lee. Um, man, it was. It was a great lead, great, great way to make a return after a long gap on the song. Yeah. The lead was just, was straight gas as soon as they went into it. And as soon as they went into it. Well, everyone was so excited too. It it was like, like, wait, we're an hour and 20 minutes into the set and they haven't played Lee in a while. And then they got like, because it it really felt like they were ending the set after Jive 2. I had, I was doing the set list thread. I had end set type and ready to go. (laughs) And then they went into Lee and yeah, everyone was very, very excited. I, I just like turned to everybody in the section, just like, we did it. We did it. We got the trifecta. <laughs> and then it. just proceeded to, to dance. I, there's always a moment in the show where like I completely burn out my legs at, at a goose show where yeah. I'm just like toast. And I know like I'm going to be feeling my Achilles like, like the next day. And for me, it was during the giant flea. I mean, just as soon as the first note started into the end, I'm like, I'm leaving it all out there. I don't know what else is going to happen the rest of the show, but I'm going to be completely burnt out. And we go. it was, it was, it was a special, special moment to to get that trifecta. And it's a, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And they, I mean, they stretched out the Lee. It was super groovy. Everyone was was feeling. I mean, you know, one thing I would say is, as tight as it was up front, the the vibe in the crowd was very good. I mean. You know, sometimes I guess it all depends on where you end up. You might end up around some talkers or whatever, whatever ends up happening. Everyone was, I mean, it was just a great scene. People were making friends instantly before the show. This moment, like you're saying, as, as we go into Lee was, was a really cool moment because a lot of folks up there are obviously tuned in and, and they're, they're sort of aware of the meaning of this, this move in the set list. Um, one thing I did want to flag, and, and Ryan, right before we jumped on here, I, I read your piece. Um, Thank you. Because, uh, yeah, and you point out something very interesting that I don't think I caught exactly. But toward the end of Jive 2, right when they're about to go back into the ending there, um, this unbelievable bass bomb rolls oh, through oh, yeah. the room. Yeah. And well, it was, I thought it was Trevor, <laughs> like, hitting the brown note at first. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I, I did want to mention, actually, thank you for reminding me, during Jive 1... I don't think anybody in the room was having a better time than Jeb. Um, I don't know. I don't know who he was looking at off stage, but he was just like, so he was just exuberant punching. He was punching the gong. Like there's a lot going on, but yeah, the, these, these bombs that he's got on his, his sample pad thing. He was using them liberally last night. <laughs> yeah. It, um, and I don't think I fully even caught it in the moment, but the effect, like looking back on it and I can't wait to listen to it again. The effect was, I mean, it was very unusual. And the one in Jive 2, it felt like the the whole place was exploding or like a yeah. portal was opening up. And, and people just spontaneously just you know, shouting out and laughing. I mean, it was it was so out of control. And then, of course, you know, there's a whole bunch of them throughout the night. But but that one, I mean, that moment right there when they go back into the ending of Jive 2 was like one of the best moments of the night. It was unbelievable. Um. How long was that set? Like an hour and 35 minutes. It was insane. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that that was the best set of the tour so far. Um, pretty. Um, but yeah, what, what, what a way to end it. Um, but yes, it he is. Jeb is on record as the deuce being his favorite drive. You know, he's a smart man. He knows what the best drive is. But yeah, a lot of bombs happening at the end of the set there. Um, and then, okay, so then we come up for set two. We open up with drive, and we get into take, in, take on me. Did not see this coming. Um, you know, drive. Um, okay, you know, not my not my preferred drive, but it's fine. This take on me was so much fun. This is, it's like a classic goose jam, just like driving dance groove. Rick absolutely ripping it. Um, Dave's energy guide everywhere. Uh, which Diskin and I, as soon as, as soon as Rick did it, like we looked at each other and we were like, ah! <laughs> it was uh shout out to my buddy, by the way, Jeremy Pappas, who I was sitting next to and uh, who, who called the take on me like right away. And I was like, no way. I thought it was love is a battlefield. And I was like, they I played this three shows ago. What are I, they doing? <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it was so good. And the, the cover first and foremost is fantastic. I love just like yeah. Peter's textures that he adds to it. They really nail it as a cover. I think it works really, really well, um, especially under the the auspice of all the different 80s covers that they do. Um, I, I think Take On Me is definitely up there, and it's I forgot about it, <laughs> quite honestly, that they do do it. It's been so long. Um, but the jam itself was... Was was amazing. And, uh, me and my 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 fish crew like buddies we're, we're we are big deg fiends, and so <laughs> whenever it's like it's an unmistakable sort of territory that you that one gets into. So first you're in like deg territory, and then you, you wait and you listen, and then boom. And yeah, I was I was geeking out with Ryan when it happened. It just seems like it's like such a specific type of thing to get into right it, it seems like it has to be intentional like it, as it apparently to, yeah. was not um that that's just another lick uh to rick i did get confirmation from um a member of the crew um that that it was not uh intentional that uh coach asked rick for me whether um it was dave's energy guide or not uh and it was not so it unfortunately does not theorist, get noted but conspiracy theorist diskin thinks that he had a conversation with trey and they both agree that it's part of the inside joke to always tell people it's unintentional <laughs> <laughs> love it but it was there eric what did you think of the take on me i thought it was great um yeah i mean i guess first of all love love drive opening the set i thought it was fun love peter mm -hmm. on the guitar and it was just always you know it was nice to at least get that in there and, and didn't get taken for a ride necessarily, but it was, um, I love that song. Um, and yeah, Take On Me was a total surprise, super fun. Everybody's dancing. Rick's hitting those high notes. The crowd's yep. hitting the high notes. Yep. Uh, it was great. And then what I liked is like right after the song itself, I mean, they pretty much just immediately took a left turn back into like dark groovy jamming. And, and yeah, it was great. And then, I mean, at this point, you know, it, it would just, they were in such a groove for such a sustained amount of time on, on this jam. And they were, I mean, they were just locked in. It was like propulsive. It, they, you know, they were, it was very steady, groovy jamming. And it's hard to find a lot of words for it beyond that because they were just locked in at that point. And really the mood in, in that jam kind of set the tone for the whole set, I feel like. Something I, one of my favorite aspects of like a really great goose show is like it's not just when they're jamming but they're jam they have different types of jams throughout the evening and so if you you know if you take 
you know, the um, All I Need jam and that sort of like major core jam and then juxtapose that to the Take On Me jam, like very, very different. Um, so we, we got a lot of different flavors of, of Goose jamming last night, yeah. which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And um, then they go into Mist here, which I think when Mist started, it was kind of like, okay, it's going to be like party good time set, um, which was like, you know, it's okay. Um, but not that I had a bad time. Um, I just happened to be a crabby person who only likes jams. Um, but this mist was awesome. Um, I mean, I love this song. It kind of works anywhere in the show. Um, you know, they get into the slow jam part. Um, and Trevor took a solo and then Peter took a solo and then Rick carried them beautifully, uh, to the ending. Uh, another beautiful moment in Trevor bass. Um, you know, I, 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 I keep meaning to bring this up and I keep forgetting to say it uh, over the last 20 minutes that we've been live. But I feel like for a lot of the shows they've played uh, over the last couple of weeks, it's been the rhythm section have been the MVPs. It's either been Spuds, it's either been Trevor. Last night it was Rick. It was the Rick show last night. He was out there at the front of everything. Um, yeah, but, it, you know. This mist was amazing. Um, you know, the auto tune sounding really good these days. Uh, I think it's he's got a, He's got a new, a newer uh, auto tune, but it's uh-huh. it's sounding, it's sounding great. It was great. I, I think it was stirring into the mist too, and maybe I'm mistaken. You can point it out if I am. But there was like this one specific move that Peter did, where like he was on the guitar, and then he like hopped over to play. Wow. And it was like this like incredible athletic acrobatic guitar to piano switch. And <laughs> I got I want to go back and rewatch it for that specific moment. But it was I was I was amazed. by. There's it. a lot of that. There's a lot of that in arrow, um, like going Maybe. back and forth from like guitar to synth to clav to piano, back to guitar, back to piano. Like the, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, I just I mean, I love love seeing, you know, the little solos there, the spotlight on, on Trevor and Peter. I mean, you know, I, I hadn't I hadn't seen that kind of thing before. Just kind of a fun addition to the in the middle of a jam. You know, taking a break, backing up, and and letting Trevor do his thing. I I think that um I feel like you guys might have talked about this uh, during one of the Philadelphia episodes, but um I just I mean I was very locked into Trevor, especially in this second set, because by this point I had moved further back and on to his side of the uh, the, the theater at that point, and um, I don't know. I mean, he's he's doing a lot of very interesting things over there. And uh, it's been really cool to watch him just, de- I mean, all five of them really, but just watch him develop over the last year. And, and again, like I said, I kept comparing this to, to last year's Cleveland show. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of great moments late in the second set there um, where Trevor was really shining and just doing really cool major key stuff. Um, but here he was again. I mean, it was, uh, you know, so it was cool to see him take that solo and, and sort of have that moment there. It's the year, Trevor. Yeah. I'd say Neil, so. Neil's a good point. The true test of whether uh, the auto tune is working or not will be the next time they play Dark Horse. Uh, that is historically the the worst sounding auto tune. Uh, <laughs> so, fingers crossed that when that does happen, uh, that it sounds great. Uh, from there, we get a beautiful uh, moment. I thought, um, you know, this is not. I just want to preface this by saying this is not my favorite placement for Honeybee um, mid second set, but I do really really uh love the gesture that the the band did for coach they bought him a new rain stick uh which he had no idea about um he actually apparently um when uh 
you know, when they, so they audibled Honeybee, or I'm assuming they were planning on doing it, but they didn't want to put it on the set list and, you know, have oh, coach know yeah, it was coming. Um, but apparently when they, when, you know, when Peter was like, okay, we're going to play Honeybee, like come on stage, rain stick, like coach was freaking out. He was like, I left the rain stick at home. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't. And so, um, but you know, they, they brought him out. They were like, you know, coach and gave him his new rain stick, which was very nice. He looked very happy. I, I love Honeybee. <laughs> it always brings me back to like a specific point in time. Um, you know, when they were doing some of their, their streams during COVID. Um, and uh, I, 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 I remember there was one, it was the first time I ever heard Honeybee. Maybe they debuted it then. Um, um, it was debuted at Goosemas 2019, I want to say. Oh, okay. But um, anyways, it always brings me back. And it's, it's just, it was beautiful. It was a touching moment. It was a really nice moment. And um, I love the jam again. Like every, so many of these like more sort of like standard jams that they've been doing all seem to have like a little bit of extra, um, you know, shine to them. And, and same with Honeybee last night. It was great. Yeah. I, um... yeah, I always, I always, any, any complaints I have about Honeybee are always like, uh, it starts and I'm like, oh, Honeybee right now not great and then like two minutes later i'm like oh no i actually really love this song and then by the time rick is like destroying the ending solo i'm like oh, yeah, well, sorry, yeah i mean that that arpeggio work from him again um especially in honeybee even more so than than caution actually he was just doing really really great fills um up and down the guitar neck and that's not, it's, this is going to be another like 30 second section that i kind of immediately go back to when when this board goes up um but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like, I mean, yeah, for all the sort of sentimental reasons, I really liked it. The whole room clearly loved it. And um, the one thing I would also say is they did play it uh, at the March 2020 show. And this was obviously right before the pandemic. They're opening for Pigeons. They played, it was, you know, maybe a five or six song set or something. But I remember Honeybee kind of standing out at that time, just because it's kind of a memorable melody and, you know, uh, just a, kind of a groovy song and uh and it's interesting to see how it's developed over the years but yeah i mean like you were saying ryan it 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 always tends to blossom into a really really cool rick-led kind of moment yeah it, it also makes me uh happy because you, you go to all these goose shows and you always see the little honeybees you know that they'll pass around and everybody's wearing them and they, a lot of them last night yeah a lot of them last night yeah. and they actually played it so i, I was happy for everybody yeah who, who got their little honeybee and then, so we got we got a Madhavan fake out after this, but the Madhavan yes. fake out was one note, um, and I don't know if it was intentional, um, but it was enough to convince me to hit send on the Madhavan tweet. No, you did not. Um, yeah, I luckily I think I deleted it before people were able to screenshot and you know make fun of me for it. But you know, I I take responsibility for my set list mistakes, uh, unlike a certain guy whose name starts with N who uh, likes to blame the band or other people. Um, you know, I can say that because he's not on the pod today. Um, but yes, certain guy whose name is N. That was a mean fake out. Um, I, I was I was really hoping for the Madhavan. You know, if anybody who's been following our recaps the last few days, we have been saying, I think for the last three shows, there's going to be a huge Madhavan tonight. So I'm now going to say tomorrow night in Athens, there's gonna be a huge mod of on. Um, yeah. But sorry, uh, I didn't even say what they actually did play. They played Arrow. It was great. There was a Streets of Cairo tease in it. 
um, which is, you know, I love more teases. Um, but yeah, what did you guys think of the the fake out and the the arrow, Eric? Well, yeah, Arrow was another one that, that I, I haven't seen um, I haven't seen live yet, and it's it tends to to bring out some really cool you know big big time jams, and this one was you know such a great kind of summary of really the whole night. I felt like um, you've got those anthemic sort of chorus parts of the song, obviously that they kept coming back to some cool vocal moments, but the I mean just the tempo of the song is, is so good and it allows for so much, again, I go back to that word propulsive, just propulsive, groovy jamming for, I mean, whatever it was, maybe 20 minutes or so. It was, um, it was great. Um, I definitely thought they were going into Madhavan too, turns to my buddy Madhavan. Um, so I got faked out. I, mean, I, I screamed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, I love Arrow. Arrow, like to me, is always one of their more underrated big dogs that are out there. Um, I think it just in terms of the the composed part, even prior to getting into the jam, it's always a, a raucous, fun time. Um, and I thought this jam was great too. I, I I will say, like as soon as they launched into Arrow, you knew that they were going to close the night with it, and. Mm-hmm. It was such a heater of a show that honestly, at that point in time, I wasn't expecting like a big, long, huge monster end jam, which I was actually happy even for, for unselfish reasons that they didn't go into Madhavan. I kind of had this feeling that regardless of what they were going to go into for their second set closer, it wasn't going to be a monster. Um, but this, this era was, was super fun. Um, and n- nothing, you know, particularly, um, you know, unique or, or, or special about it, but it, it definitely kept off the night. Uh, really great for me. Yeah. And it was a good way to close out. And then Shama encore was interesting. I'm really surprised that they audible this instead of the T that was on the set list. Um, you know, Sunday night, fourth show, of the tour, no T yet. And it was on the set list. Feels like this would have been the perfect time to drop a nice, you know, jive goose approved 12 minute hot T encore. Um, but they went Shama instead, which, I mean, you know, it's a fun song. Always a good time. Um, I honestly, I probably would have rathered a T in this situation. But that's not just because I had it for seven points on fantasy. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, like at first, it was cool to get such a classic with Shama. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of folks are out there, you know, chasing it. I'm, I'm not necessarily chasing it. You know, I, I heard it first. And I was like, oh, but um, I, I wasn't too enthused, but, you know, settled in, you know, happy to get it. And then I thought the jam was really fun. I'm always going to like picture, um, you know, the, I, I have this like stark memory of like Captain, who was a couple rows in front of me, was like dancing and he just had like the biggest smile on his face and he yes. was just having the best time ever. And I'm like, yes. And it was just one of those, you know, solid, great friend moments that you have at the show that doesn't really, you know, come back when you listen to the to the boards. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, the people were loving it, that's for sure. I mean, I thought it was a nice fun cap to everything. I thought it was interesting too, and I don't I'm, maybe I'm just conflating these things, but last year in the encore, they had, they played Whip It, sort of another kind of like fun, silly cover to end the night. Um, it's true. Not the same thing at all, really. But, but yeah, kind of an interesting choice. And then, yeah, when, once, you know, once the photo of the set list is out there, uh, it was kind of curious, uh, that kind of switcheroo. I also, did I see Arcadia on the set list too? Yeah. Uh, oh, Wisteria was on there as well. Wisteria, um, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, I 
got a set list after the show and I was immediately like, man, like, you know, they cut, they cut Wisteria, they cut T, they cut, I, you know, I don't know. I, the Arcadia was definitely like an extra song. If for somehow, like all I need ended up being eight minutes and they like barely extended any of the jives. Um, but you know, could you imagine like an hour and 50 minute long set with, <laughs> with an Arcadia at the end there? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's good. And, you know, we got five shows left on, on this first kind of leg of spring tour. Um, are you guys, are you guys going to any of the shows next week or later in the tour? No, I, I got a big, uh, my, my go-to goose buddies are all doing the Ryman. So shout out to, to Kurz, Yoni and, and Pappas who are all going there. I'm going to miss out on it. I'm, I'm going to be down in Florida for a golf trip. Um, but that sounds um, terrible. I know, I know. Um, it's, <laughs> but, um, I, I'm going to try to make Chicago. Um, so 50, 50, which means that I will almost certainly be there. Um, nice. but, but I have that penciled in, not penned in yet. Yeah, I know. Well, just as, as a side note, I was out golfing yesterday, and it was it was getting late in the day and getting fairly close to showtime. So I was kind of racing up the highway to get to the show last nice. night. Um, you and I, me both. I swam too much. <laughs> um, no, I mean, as far as you know, I mean, at least here I've got a nine month old, so traveling's a little a little oh, nice. tough these days. Um, mm-hmm. But what's nice is we've got Columbus and mm-hmm. uh, Garrettsville, that festival coming up. Mm-hmm. Residents, yeah. Yeah, res- like that. Nelson Ledges where Resonance is. Uh, it's that's a fun, wild place, and two nights of goose there is going to be incredible and, and out of control and super fun. So having those coming on down the pike is going to be great. Um, and I'll be in Detroit later in the year. I mean, it's a, it's a jam packed year. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. You know, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens over the next couple nights because obviously we're four shows in, and you know there's still so many songs they haven't played yet. And now we're four shows in and now we're going to see songs they've played already come back again. And so, you know, it's going to get even more difficult to predict, um, which is crazy. Um, but I, I, I'm excited to see what they do in Athens tomorrow and Nashville this weekend. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Th- there's no doubt that they like to come into each and every single year with like guns blazing. And you mm-hmm. know, after last year, if you like, look at like the jam of the year bracket, like how many of those jams. Of Goose the is year, a March band. Like, like yeah. <laughs> this is a great column. Um, but you know, they're, they're clearly, you know, out to, to make some moves right now. And just every night is, is appointment uh, streaming, you know, when they're playing it's or going to the shows. If you're even remotely there, don't miss mm-hmm. out on it. If you're 50, 50, get out and just go, go because you're going to know 100% catch something special. If you go to any of these shows. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you both uh, for coming on the pod today. Uh, you know, thank you thank everybody. You. And, and you guys, especially for bearing with the, uh, the delay uh, and, you know, being late and everything, but it's been fun. It was, it was, I'm very happy that I was able to make it to the show last night. It was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we'll be back here on uh, Wednesday afternoon, three thirty Eastern to talk about tomorrow's show in Athens. That'll be a cool one. Very small venue. Uh, I think this might be the smallest venue of the tour. Uh, Cause I think it's like 800 ish. Uh, wow. I think the, the next smallest would be the Elm and Bozeman, which is around a thousand. So be that'll sweet. be cool. Um, but anyone going down there, anyone heading to the Ryman or Birmingham this weekend, uh, have a great time. Uh, obviously, looking forward to couch touring. Um, I'm going to sleep for a very long time tonight. Um, <laughs> You're an finally. Um, 
But yeah, it's been great. So thank you everybody so much for watching. Uh, have a fantastic day and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.